0: All right, all right I want to welcome all of our locations to week one of our brand new series called "Why God?" Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us every one of our locations So we're beginning a series I'm going to teach through the month of July and we're looking at an Old Testament book of called Habakkuk. Matter of fact, we, can we just do this in all locations? Can we say that word out loud? It's Habakkuk. Can, can, can we just do that? All right, the count of three. Let's give it our best shot. One, two, three. Let's say it. Habakkuk. How many of y'all want to just say to somebody, God bless you, they sneeze. You know what I'm talking about. It's like Habakkuk, he, I had a guy one time tell me, he says, man, he said, pastor, he says, man, I, I love when you deal with books in the Bible. So I'll mention a scripture, sometimes from different books, I had a guy tell me one time, why don't you teach through that book, Habakkuk, and he just p- mispronounced it. The reality is this week as I was putting the message together, you know, I actually had to listen to somebody. You know, they have phonics. They have people that actually pronounce the word right. So I'm going to say it one more time. It's Habakkuk. That's what it is. It's an amazing book in the Old Testament. It's a book that captures the very candid conversation of an Old Testament prophet. Talking to God. In this book, he asks the question, why? Why is this happening, God? Why is that happening, God? As he looks around and he evaluates all the surroundings, he looks at society, he looks at culture, he looks at his nation. Why is this happening, God? Maybe that's where you've been the last couple of years. I know I've been there. I'm sure we've all asked that question, why God? Why God is this happening? You look in the news, God forbid if you do, but if you do and you look at, you see these innocent people being driven from their homes in the Ukraine, you're like, my gosh, God, why, why is that happening? Of course, you know, you, you, you understand there's a ruler and, and, and what his motives are. It's like, but, but, but these innocent people's lives and we as human beings, we, we ask why we see in culture, increased crime and violence and economic worries and tensions in our nation not just globally but in our nation in our communities where we have campuses and you ask yourself this question why God in other words why is this happening when is it going to change God we of course are living in the midst in our culture of a Complete divide, moral decline, things that are happening that are unconscionable. You think of human trafficking, racism, sexual identity confusion. You look at all of these things coupling together. And and as believers in Christ, we're like, God, we we know there's another world coming. We know there's heaven, but we're still in the here and now. And we ask, why God? God, why why is this happening? Uh, The reality is, is as a pastor... I get real transparent here. As a, remember this: I'm a human being. Then I'm a Christian. So I'm a human being. I'm a man. I'm a Christian. Then I'm a pastor. It's kind of like last on the list. I was those three other things before I was a pastor. And as a human being, I, I, I ask God: You know, is there? Can I even make a difference? You look at all of the declension of what's happening around you and and you begin to ask these questions. God, when is something going to happen? Lord, when is something going to change? And Lord, what is my role? And can I really make a difference? Maybe in your own life. You have somebody that you love and they've made a poor choice recently and you're now just kind of sitting there trying to pick up the pieces. And on a very personal level, not global, not national, not geopolitical, but like, like right in your home. And you're saying, God, why? And you feel like you're left holding the bag. The question of why is all throughout Scripture. I think that this book captures the essence of it. I, I love reading the different books in the Bible. I, and I love when I come across something like this. I, I do want to say, you know, the 66 books in the Bible primarily primarily the books of the Bible are God speaking to man, but there are a couple books in the Bible, specifically this one, where really the essence of the book is not so much God speaking to us. First, it's a prophet speaking to God. It's kind of like the book of Psalms where half of which were written by David and David is declaring to God, he's talking about the challenges around him. There's something unique about that, that God can handle our conversation God can handle when we open our hearts we find Habakkuk in the Old Testament those of you that maybe are not familiar maybe you're new to Christianity the Bible is divided into two parts the Old Testament and the New Testament and in the Old Testament they have what's called major prophets and they have minor prophets this guy's in the minors he never made it to the majors I don't know what happened but anyway all right that was cheesy wasn't it just trying to get y'all going a little bit on Sunday my gosh What it really is, in essence, it's a shorter book, and most prophets speak to people on behalf of God, yet Habakkuk spoke to God on behalf of people. The book of Habakkuk is written about 600 years or so before Christ, so maybe 2,700 years ago about, and and it's interesting, and, and and he's part of Israel, Jerusalem, where it's flourishing, and yet he sees these impending challenges that are coming around. He sees the encroachment of corruption, and he's concerned. He sees his nation moving into captivity. Matter of fact, God told them that was going to happen. It's interesting, the consequential nature of Scripture, where where sowing and reaping is a principle. Whatsoever a person sows, that shall they also reap. And it's what's interesting about the word Habakkuk. This is really cool. The, the, the name Habakkuk actually means to wrestle. Isn't that interesting? To wrestle. And it, and it means, watch this, it means to wrestle and watch this, to embrace someone in the wrestle. Who do you think that that is? God. The fact is, when we go through challenges in life where we're wrestling, we're, we're actually wrestling with three things. Number one, we first wrestle with our circumstances and then we wrestle with God, like, God, where are you in that? And then we end up even wrestling with ourselves. And the reality is, here's how it works. All of us have these hopes and these dreams and these expectations, but then we deal with our current reality. You know what the gap between our current reality and our dreams are? Our hopes that's the wrestle. God, when is this going to change? When is my, when is my child going to be healed? When is, this gonna, when is my marriage going to change? When is my business? It, it, it's, this is the wrestle. The wrestle is current reality. Watch this. Measured against hopes and expectations. That's where he was. Habakkuk was wrestling with God. He was wrestling with his culture around him. And he was wrestling with himself. We all wrestle. So the book can be divided in three sections. Number one, Habakkuk first complains to God, and God answers him. We're going to talk about that today. Number two, there's what's called the second complaint, and then God answers him. And then the third week, we're going to talk about Habakkuk's response and all this. At the end of chapter three, he comes in this moment where it's like, okay, God, I get it, and I understand what's going on. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. And I will say this. I know a lot of people still bring their Bibles to church, and uh, you should do that. I know a lot of people look at it on their phone. That's fine. We put the scriptures up on the screen. If you're looking at your phone, we don't mind as long as you're watching Pastor Steve and the scriptures. Can I have a big amen right there? Just don't be looking at the news. My God, you'll need a deliverance after service. But anyway... (laughs) All right, here we go. Habakkuk chapter 1. I, I do teach you the Bible. Uh, I do topical teaching, but I will teach through books of the Bible. At least, th- actually, I'm doing three this year, doing the book of Revelation this fall. How many of y'all excited to hear that? And uh, I, I've done it once before. I've done it once before, oh, maybe seven years ago, but, I, but I'm very excited. So here's, here's how it works at Church of the King. Uh, I'll try to read every verse, I won't unpack every verse. If I unpacked every verse, we'd be here. Not three or four weeks, but three or four months or maybe three or four years, literally if I went through. So, so, so I want to encourage you, read the chapters ahead of time, all right? Chapter one this week, two, three, and so on. All right, here we go. Number one, I believe if Habakkuk was here talking to us, he would say, you can be honest with God. Habakkuk chapter one, verse one, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, O oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear even cry out to you violence and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble for plundering and violence are before me. Watch this. There is strife and contention arises. He's looking around culture around him. Very similar today. Therefore, the law is powerless. Wow. Isn't that interesting? When's this thing going to change? Where's the law and order? He's saying the same thing. Injustice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. Habakkuk was deeply concerned about what he was seeing in culture, as so many of us are today. He's frustrated. The reality is he was dealing with anger in his heart. Because he saw the declension around him and he felt like, can I make a difference? And more than that, God, when are you going to change things? You know, when we deal with personal crises, that's one of the first things that we address. Maybe we've prayed. How many times as a pastor? I've talked to somebody and said, well, pastor, we prayed about it. It seems like nothing happened. Well, I want to submit to you today. You're going to see in the scripture, God is working the first moment that you pray. God is working behind the scenes. Habakkuk, listen, he'll begin to find out in this that that God is actually working. It may not seem like it. We may not see it with our natural eye, but the moment we lift our voice to God, God is working. Habakkuk is frustrated with this. He calls violence. He says, violence is everywhere. It's like saying 911. It's like, God, look at what's going on. How many of us in the papers today, we're looking at violence, we're looking at murder, we're just like, what's happening? Cities all across America, we're thinking, my gosh, what what is this going to change? It's so uniquely similar to this. Habakkuk goes on to say, he says, cause me to see trouble. His eyes were open to see the sin of the age. On the other hand, sometimes we get desensitized to sin and evil around us. My prayer is, Lord, let us never come to that moment where we become Desensitized to the brokenness and the pain of our culture. And Lord, never let us come to a moment where we're desensitized to our own pain, brokenness, and sin in our own lives. Re- remember, that it, God starts with us. Revival starts on the inside of us, it doesn't start on the outside, it starts with us. Can I have a big amen right there? It's what God is doing in our heart. It's not God, when it, it's not first, God, when are you going to change them? It's God, when are you going to change me? It's creating me a clean heart, oh God. And we see the, du- the duplicity, the inconsistencies in our lives. We see the, our behavior and our beliefs. And sometimes our behavior doesn't line up with our beliefs. And that's where Habakkuk was. He was struggling. He was grappling with reality. Maybe that's where you are today. Maybe it's a son in, in your family or a, or a daughter, somebody that you love that that, that, that it just feels like they're, they're going the, this way and you're praying and you're like, my gosh, is, is God see, is God hear? And, and you're crying. Maybe you're a mom that's concerned. I remember my mom crying out for me and praying and believing God. And, 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 and let me tell you, Habakkuk gets it. God gets it more than that. Yeah. The reality is, is that he was, he was in this deep pain because he was looking around and he was also looking within. Violence, strife, havoc devastation and ruin think of the images even in the last few years the devastation havoc that we've seen again i'll say it again in our cities and our nation globally it gets real personal he said the law is powerless they cannot govern society we have seen here such dialogue in our country today oh god oh god when is it going to change Yes, there's natural practical strategies, and yes, there's implementation of all the different things that are all necessary, but I think there's also a supernatural power beyond the natural realm that we need to cry out to for divine intervention, for divine intervention. (laughs) Perhaps one of the most targeted people groups today, listen to this, it says, the wicked surround the righteous. You ever felt like that before? The ideologies, the philosophies of culture that are, that are, pressing in on believers in Christ, often the most targeted groupers, true followers of Jesus Christ, those that love God, those that stand up for truth, those that stand up for for, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me, through the the veracity of Scripture itself. And yet we as believers in Jesus, we we have to second guess at times. Should I say that? Should I not say that? Will I be judged? Will I be pushed out? Will I be ostracized in the sports world, in the entertainment world, in the business world? Is this going to cost me that's what Habakkuk said and yet as believers in Jesus we grapple with that reality today many of you all of us preachers business people how far do I go with this I mean what does it really mean when Jesus says you are the light of the world you are a city set on a hill yeah well you know I don't want to let it shine that bright I think there's something very important that we can all take away from this initial complaint that he had and it's simply this, that we need to voice our complaint to God. Don't, don't miss the message in all of this. <clears throat> don't miss the message in the mess. Let me say it that way. That, 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 that Habakkuk is saying this, God gets it. More than that, he gets you, and that he's not scared of you voicing your complaints to him. In other words, what you're feeling and what you're, what you're dealing with, you got to get it out, but you got to get it to God. You know, I love this scripture in Psalms. It's so powerful. Here's what the psalmist said. It said, Psalm 142, 2, I, I pour out before him my complaints. Before him, I tell him my trouble. I don't know where we bought into this in Christianity where, where we can't be honest with God. <laughs> where do we get that? It's like, it's as if God doesn't really know what we're feeling. You guys have heard the story. Those of you that are guests, maybe you've never heard it. I've said it so many times. Pastor, my pastor, Pastor Jacob Ranzi, he he was witnessing on in Lafayette that's called the Strip. They have a thing called the Strip there, and he's witnessing to this drunk guy, you know, and he's trying to share Christ, trying to share Christ, trying to share Christ with this guy. And and finally, he gets Pastor gets frustrated. He goes, Ah, oh, all right, let me just pray for you. And he goes to pray for the guy, and he goes, Lord, I just pray that you'd help this drunk man. And Lord, as he sobers up, you'd reveal, just reveal yourself. And the drunk guy says to him, He gets, he goes, Hey, preacher. Don't tell God I'm drunk. (laughs) Just tell him I'm sick. As if God doesn't know. Are you with me? God knows what's in our hearts. You think God's going in heaven. What's going on down there? All right, watch this. Everybody watch every location. We can be honest with God. I'm going to go a step further. It's necessary for your emotional health to be honest with God. I know, I, I know that we learn. I understand social decorum. I, I understand that. I understand social diplomacy and kindness and politeness and I get all that, right? In public, I, I understand that. But when you're a prayer closet with God, you need to open your heart before God. And you need, you need, here it is, here it is. What's in you needs to get out. But it first needs to go to God. The problem is if we don't get it out, we won't gain a proper perspective. I I like to say that I consider myself a fairly optimistic person. When I was young, my parents would say, you're just an optimistic and eternal optimist. So I, I like positive nature. I like being positive. I like all that. But here's what I found out. Here's what I found out. If I don't deal with the pain within, it affects my positive thought patterns. In other words, your neuro patterns are actually affected by your unprocessed pain within. So in other words, you got to get it out. Everybody say you got to get it out. The question is, who do you talk to and when do you talk to him? Yeah. I, for those of you that some of you heard in 2010 is the first time I went to a counselor, professional counselor. I was in kind of a classic burnout phase. I was 40, 41. Not that you have to. It's like, you got to go through burnout. It's a rite of passage. I don't believe that. It was because I, I, I had some poor leadership stuff. I took too much on my soul. I should have delegated more. But nonetheless, I was in this place. And I remember walking to this, this counselor. And I remember the, for, the, for the first 90 minutes, all I did is kind of just cried and complained and just cried and complained. I just cried and complained. I just got it out. and I got it out. I got it out. I got it out. And at the end, and, and I said, well, are you going to say anything? And the guy goes, I'm waiting for you to finish. And I said, well, then you should pay me. But that's actually good counseling. You got to get it out. Habakkuk was getting it out. When you get out the pain, when you get out the hurt, you know what it does? It aligns your souls and you can actually see clearly again. I remember as a kid with my bike, <clears throat> I'd ride my bike. And, you know, one of the greatest, <clears throat> what I would say, challenges with a bike is when you get dirt dirt in the in grind in the spokes i mean in the in the whole little thing where you're and and you got to get it cleaned out you got to can can i tell you something can i tell you something what happens is with our brain with our soul when we have hurts and unprocessed trauma and unprocessed junk and we don't talk to anybody we don't talk to god about it. can i tell you that all it does is break our soul down let me say a couple other things i think we need to process first with god then we need to process with other trusted men and women of god I'm not so sure it's wise to process your pain on social media. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not judging. I'm just going to leave that right there. And I say, I'm just going to leave that right there. That's all. I'm just going to leave it right there. We can be honest with God. Number two, God has a plan even when we don't see it. Habakkuk's first complaint in a nutshell is, God, why are you allowing this? How can you allow the Babylonians, who are seemingly more wicked than God's people, to bring justice? That's tough. Let's read God's word. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5 through 11. Here it is. So number one, watch this. His complaint. Number two, God's response. God's working. God's working. Watch this. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you you were told. I'm raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, not their own. They are feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dust. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. This is heavy stuff. They mock kings. They scoff at rulers. Talking about the Babylonians. They laugh at all fortified cities. By building earthen ramps, they capture them. You ever see those ramps? Boom, and they'd hit the cities. Then they, then they sweep past like the wind and go on guilty people whose own strength is their God. What we learn here is all along, God has a plan. He wasn't checked out. He had not lost control. Can I tell you one of the first lies that happened to us when we go through tough times is that God is detached and checked out. So Somehow we believe that God is... God is not watching, God is not looking upon our pain, God is disinterested. Maybe that's even a better way to say that. I'm gonna just suggest to you today, biblically, that that God is not disinterested in where you're going through. Matter of fact, he is operating and working. This is very interesting. God has not lost control, God is still on the throne. By the way, even in our nation, even in our culture, and in the global nation, there is a plan. You have to understand, there is a plan. Everybody say, there is a plan. And by the way, it's not a, bland, a, a bad plan. It's a good plan. And you're going to see that in a minute. Uh, the, the God is working. God is working in your life. God is working in your kids. God is working in your family. God has a plan. And we've got to see that. We've got to understand when we don't see it, God is still working. Maybe you don't see it in the natural. It may be unconventional. It may be not the way that you wanted or intended. But God is working. God says, you won't believe what I'm about to do. The Babylonians were going to be a judge for the sins of Judah and put them in exile. Daniel, Jeremiah, and perhaps Ezekiel would be his contemporaries. After this exile, though, ultimately God brings them, watch this, God brings them full circle back Watches and defeats the Babylonians. What may look like a valley, just hang on. It may look like a down moment, just hang on. God is working and it may, it may mean you go, have to go through some pain, but there's another side to that. There's a hope side of that. God has a plan. God has a plan not to harm you, but to help you. God has a plan not to hurt you, but to bless you. But you, but you got to understand, he's trying to get you back on track. He's trying to get that kid back on track. He's trying to get that relationship back on track. He's trying to get your mindset back on track. Here's our problem. We are caught in what's called this kind of space-time continuum where we only see in the here and now. We see, and by the way, we're trained to look at in our five senses, what we see, hear, smell, taste, touch, and feel. Right here. But there's another realm. God is love, but God is also just. The reality is there is sowing and reaping. I understand hard times. I understand hard questions. We all have them. But we have to understand, watch this, God is working this plan for our good. His plan was not to destroy the Jewish people, but to get them back on track. I want to say a couple of things. I want every campus and every location to hear me. This is very important. God does allow us to feel pain in our lives as consequences to our choices, not to hurt us, but to get us back on track. You have to understand pain is a signal Let's make an adjustment. Let's make an adjustment. That's what's happening right here. Even when things don't make sense, even when we can't see it, God is, has a plan. There's, sometimes it's mysterious. Sometimes it's unprecedented. That's where the wrestling comes in. That's where we're wrestling, we're praying, we're believing, we, we're, we're in a situation. We, we're, we're trying to believe for circumstantial change. And all the while, God wants to change. Our, by the way, the easiest thing for God to change is your circumstances. The toughest thing to change is our own soul. Because we fight there much more. Yeah. Number one, Habakkuk say, be honest to God. Everybody say, be honest to God. Yes. We can be honest with God. We can be honest with God. Number two, here it is: God has a plan. Now I'm gonna say a couple of things. This is very important. What was the plan? The plan was God was allowing. This enemy nation to come into Jerusalem, not to harm them ultimately, but to correct them to get them back on path. Yeah. I'm going to say a couple of things. That I think it's important. The reality is, is that as a nation turns away from God, don't miss this. Even righteous, holy and godly people can still feel the collective impact of a nation's poor choices. Now, the good news is that we can still be overcomers regardless of what's happening in our environment. We can still thrive and we can still make a difference just like Daniel did in Babylon. But don't misunderstand me in the scripture, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And the reality is that's why it's so important that we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We know who we are in Christ so that if there is a withdrawing of the hand of God, remember, it's corrective in nature, we can still make a difference right in the midst of it. Yeah. Everybody say God has a plan. <clears throat> Romans 8.18, 8, what's our role? I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing the glory that will be revealed in us. What's our, what's our role, pastor? What's our role? Trust God's plan. What's our role? Voice our complaints, then trust God's plan. Voice our heart, then trust God's plan. Voice our heart. Understand, God's still on the throne. God is in control. Everybody say God is in control. Our role is to trust him. Our role is to trust the sovereign God. That God is in control. That, that, that is our, our, our role in this. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things, all things work together for good. You've got to believe that. Don't buy into the lies of the enemy. That God has lost control. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Rebuke them. Resist them. Trust God. God is working. God is working in your family. God is working in your body. God is working in your mind. God is, we, we, And I believe that God is even working in our nation because of the prayers of God's people. I believe that. All things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. All right. So what have we said so far? Number one, it's appropriate to be honest with God. What are you facing that you've bottled up? That you've not been honest with God about? You thought, well, if I'm honest with God, he'll get mad at me. No, 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 no. no. He knows what's going on. Who in your life do you trust enough to be honest with them? Just say, hey, listen, I just want to get this out the next 30 minutes. Because what it does is optimism is often on the back end of processing. A person has to get it out to see clearly. With God and trusted people. Number two, God is working. God is working. God is working. All right, let me give you the last one. Watch this. Don't miss this. Here's the cool thing. You have a choice how you're going to wrestle. You got a choice. All right, let me give you three options. You guys learn anything yet? Is this helping anybody? (laughs) Habakkuk chapter one, verse 12. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my holy God, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. Watch this. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent? Why the wicked swallow up? those more righteous than themselves. Habakkuk wrestled with God, but there's something I see here. Habakkuk didn't lose his respect for and connection with God. Please don't, li- don't miss this. He didn't lose his respect for and his connection with God. You can have doubt and faith in the same body. Don't let let any preacher tell you if you have doubt. Let me tell you something. You can have doubt. You can can grapple with doubt. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean you've walked away from God. It means that you're just trying to process life. You're trying to process this thing. (laughs) Let me give you three primary ways we wrestle, and I'll close. This is going to really help somebody today. I hope. I pray. Number one, we can wrestle against God. The key word here is hostility. This is where we see God. Watch this. This is where we see God as our opponent. It's rooted in fear. I I, uh, I remember when I was in college that I would read about different philosophers. Not all philosophers, obviously, are atheists, but a bunch are. Not all. That's not a categorical statement. And what was so interesting and really sad, like Nietzsche, for example. Some of you remember him is that when they were young, don't miss this, when they were young, it's like they had, they had this connection at some level to God. I mean, of course, we, don't, we can't ever judge a person's heart, but, I, but there was, there was <clears throat> some affinity, some connection, and then some pain entered in. A disappointment. Maybe an abuse. Watch this. And intellectually, they couldn't figure out What they couldn't figure out was why that happened. And if God's a good God, why did this allow? Can I tell you something? We live in a fallen, broken world. There is a real devil. God did not do that, but God is trying to help us in that, to walk us through that, to bring healing on the other side. Just remember that. We forget that. We forget that. I have had so many conversations with people that they've they've been mad at God and they're wrestling against God. You you read about Richard Dawkins, you you read about these people and and, and there's, and let me tell you something, highly intellectual people that go through deep pain as kids, they can't reconcile the two. And, And they ultimately, so many of them make a decision, there is no God. That's wrestling against God. God is not our opponent. The devils are an opponent. Are are you with me? Life is hard, but God is good. He's trying to help you in the pain to walk through it. Number two is some people tap out, and this is where some people are right now. There's a whole craze in our culture today with young people called deconstructionism. Let me tell you what deconstructionism is. here's, Here's what it means to deconstruct. Any kid that's watching, any young person, I'm, I'm deconstructing. Let me, what you're, let me tell you what you're doing. You saw hypocrisy in a church. You saw hypocrisy in a pastor, a priest, some authority figure. And you've equated, watch this, man's actions with God. And you've judged God based upon a failed human being. And now you're rejecting Christ because of a system of belief or a hierarchy. And I'm going to tell you something. Don't run from God because man is sinful, Run to God's. Don't run from God. Don't tap out, stay in the game. Everybody say, stay in the game. Amen. The wrestle is the goal. The goal is to, is to stay in the wrestle because there is another side. Man, I got a lot to say about this. These next couple weeks are gonna be so important. All right, so number one, we wrestle against God. Number two, we can tap out. Don't tap out, don't tap out. Stay in the fight, stay in the game. life is messy. People are messy, things are messy. God is good, he's trying to help you. All right, let me give you the last one. Or we can wrestle with God. What do you mean wrestle with God, pastor? This is about Engagement. This is where we don't see God as detached. We don't see Him as a mean dictator, but we see Him as a God that's trying to help us. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is important. This is where our current reality and our hopes and our dreams—where that gap is. Stay in it. Stay wrestling through it. When you believe in God, you're staying in the Scripture. Don't walk away from church when you're in problems. Don't run away from God. That's when you run to God. That's when you run to the people of God. That's when you press into Christ. It's not when you check out. You stay in the wrestle. Everybody say, stay in the wrestle. Stay in it, stay in it. Don't tap out, stay engaged. Stay engaged, stay engaged. Don't become hostile, don't become indifferent. Stay involved, stay involved. Don't judge God based upon man's failed behavior. Don't do that. Man is fallible. Let me tell you where I am in my life. I've come to a point of, in my wrestle with God, which is a good thing. You know, you know what? I'm going to say a couple of points. It's important. I've come to a point in my life, because you've got to realize this. Our minds are finite. God is infinite. You can't put the infinite in the finite. I understand propositional truth. I understand scripture. I understand all that. But I'm going to tell you, there are some things that we just can't figure out this side of heaven. Watch this. Let me tell you somebody who's emotionally healthy. They've learned as a Christian to make peace with some mystery in their life. You don't have to have the, all the answers. I had a guy that used to be on, I don't want to say this, but used to be on radio. So, the Bible answer, man. I don't have all the answers. The Bible has the answers, but I know that I see things maybe at times. Let me tell you, people are going to go to heaven. Listen to me. You're going to get up to heaven. Watch this. You're going to get up to heaven. And you're going to, if you know Christ, if you know Christ, you get up to heaven and you go, How did you make it here? Let me tell you what they're thinking. I was thinking the same thing about you. Uh, are you with me? I don't have all the answers. There's some mystery. There's some things. There's people I prayed for that didn't get well. There's a whole bunch that I did that. Did. I, I, I don't I don't. I'm gonna keep loving God. I'm gonna keep preaching. I'm gonna keep praying for sick people. I'm gonna keep sharing the gospel. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm supposed to do. But I don't have all the outcome answers of everything. Listen to me, listen to me. This is important. I'm not pushing you away from objective truth. What I'm saying is there's times when people are going through pain. Just be with them. Sometimes one of the worst things you can do is try to give them all the answers. Well, let me tell you why this happened. Just stay in the wrestle. Just stay in the wrestle. Just stay in the wrestle. Just stay in it. Just stay in it. Had a couple come to me one time and said, Pastor, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it my brother, they're unsaved, they're heathens, and this has gone well in their life, and this has gone well in their life, and what about us? And I could diagnostically, well, the reason is, I, look, I said, look, I'm gonna pray for you. Let's just stick with God. Come on, let's stay with God. Let's not get our hearts hard. Let's trust God. God is working. God, by the way, by the way, God is in it for the long haul. How about you? Yeah. I'll close with this. There's a man in the Bible, his name's Jacob, one of the famous wrestlers in the Bible. You guys remember championship wrestling as kids? They don't call it that anymore. What do they call it today? WWF, that's right. As kids, we would call it. How many of y'all remember Andre the Giant? Come on, just raise your hand. Y'all remember Andre? He was something else. Let me help everybody. All of that is fake. It's fake. Now, I know a lot of people pay a lot of money, and they go there, it's like, that was amazing! No, they're actors. Let me tell you who wasn't an actor. Jacob in the Bible. He wrestled with God. He wrestled with God. Watch this. And he said this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. He said, he said this. God, I'm going to hold on to you. Read it. He said, I'm going to hold on to you. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go until you bless me, until, until, and, and can I tell you something? He woke up the next morning, watch this, and the Bible says, watch this, God changed his name from Jacob, which means deceiver, to Israel, which means prince with God. Listen to me, listen to me. Don't let go. Just, just stay in the game. Just stay in the game. Stay in the game. Stay in the game. Don't let your heart get hardened. Don't get into an intellectually compromised position where you back yourself in a corner. You think, oh, I just, I have to have all the answers and, you know, the space and time and continuum. I understand geology and the creation event and all that stuff. There's some mystery in some of that. Just stay with God. Stay with God. Stay with God. Stay in the game because this is not championship wrestling. It's called the real deal. It's the real deal. All right, I'm asking everybody to bow their heads. I'm going to ask all the campus pastors to come on the stage right now. Maybe you do not know Christ. You're not sure about your relationship with God. The first step, the first step to walking with God is trusting Christ as your Savior. I literally have one minute. I want every campus, everyone to watch me, those that are online as well. Just lean in just for a moment. If you say, Pastor Steve, I'm not sure about my relationship with God. I'm not sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. I want to pray for you right now. The Bible says this, listen, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus wants to save you. Pastor, how do I become a Christian? It's not by doing good works. It's by trusting in the work of Christ. Do you know Jesus? Do you know you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? You can know that. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes, because if you say, Pastor, pray for me, I need Christ. The count of three. I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. Every one of our campuses, Pastor Steve, I need Christ. If that's you, one two, three. Just quickly hold up your hand high. God bless you. Right here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you guys over there as well. God bless you guys up front. God bless you in the back. Every one of you. Wow. God bless you, sir. God bless you up top, buddy. Yeah. Church, let's pray with those that are trusting Christ. Every one of our locations. Let's just pray together. Can we do that? Let's say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this, say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name.
1: What an amazing message. You know, it's always so great when we get to learn and hear the word of God together in church. If you're here today and you're maybe making the decision to follow Christ and give him the rest of your life for the first time, we want to celebrate that and say, congratulations. That's a big deal. You know, the Bible says that you're new, that you're forgiven, that you're washed clean of all sin. It even says that you are born again. That's a big deal. Deal. So you might wanna get your calendar out and circle today's date because you're gonna to wanna to remember this day. Absolutely and honestly, every day walking with Jesus is a great day and you don't have to do it alone. So we as your church family wanna come alongside of you and walk with you in this decision for Jesus. So we have a really quick form for you to fill out. If you want some resources, we can get to know you and we can walk this walk with Jesus together. The link is in the chat, as well as you can text the word decision to 822-822 and we get to do this together as a church family. Yes, man, what a great time in church today. If you do, think of anyone who might need to hear today's message we just want to encourage you and maybe challenge you to click that share button and share today's message with a few people that came to mind maybe you know someone who's been asking that question why god yeah click that share button send them the link to today's message well we love you guys we hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you soon see you next week